Hi, welcome to Why would you do that? Because I had a story that I was about to tell, but... Clearly. Okay. Five, four, three, two. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Almost Blurs. I am JB, and I'm here to drop this little nugget for you. Over the weekend, um, I was in Atlanta celebrating (laughs) Faye's birthday, and... By the end of day one, I realized I was not in my 20s anymore. Day one, and there were four more days to go. When you have a moment, listen to your body. Listen to it. Lay Lead down me. when it tells you to lay. Lay it down. Lay down when it tells you to lay. I was so gone at one point that my sister was visiting. She came up to see us. We got to the Airbnb. I walked in and did not say a word, just went and laid on the bed. Completely forgot that this was the first time my sister was going to be in the house and had no clue where anything was. And I laid there and then someone said something. I got up, my sister's just sitting in the dining room, just waiting. So I was like, man, this is the living room. Make yourself at home. There is a half bath over here should you need it. And there's tons of alcohol in the kitchen. I am laying down. So I say all of that to come back one more time and say, once you hit 30, take advantage of all of the naps that you can because they are going to be imperative to your success on the nights that you decide that you want to be grown. And with that said, I want to introduce you guys to my Wonderful co-host, Dovecat. Woo, let me tell y'all something. It is <laughs> something, it was a little early for me. I don't know why it was early for me, but I was about 25, mm. 25, 26, 27. Like, that, like a five-year period before I hit 30. Let me tell you something. Every time I would go out and have big fun and drink, the next day I would always feel like I was in a bar fight. Like, I would be sore as hell. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. ooh. I mean, I'm talking about, like, I was literally fighting for my life in a bar brawl. Sounds about right. Sounds about and right. And I'm just like, I can't do this like I used to. And yeah, and, and that's mm-hmm. fine. You know what? I get sleepy. Okay? I have responsibilities and a job. You know, those things are important. I can't do it like I used to. I'm glad that you made it back in one piece. How do you feel today is the question. Oh, I'm still struggling because (laughs) I, just before I got there, I felt my eye starting to feel sore. So I could tell that I was about to develop a sty. By, we got there on Thursday. By Saturday, my eye has started to swell. I can see it. Yeah, you can still see it, but it on Sunday? All of my bottom eyelid was huge. And then where the bag here, it was drooping. Like, it was huge. It looked like someone had put clay on my face uh-huh. and just started dragging. Like, this side of my face was 36. This side of my face was easily 80. Funny. Like, imagine, like, having to go through the day still. We had things to do. 
and I'm trying to go through the day not being completely self-conscious by the fact that it looks like I got punched in the face by the peacemaker. Like it was rough. And then Monday was even worse because that was the day we were flying back. So now I really have to interact with everybody in the airport. Like I, I, it was. You know, <sighs> if that were me, oh my God, if that were me, first of all, I would probably be wearing sunglasses because I would never want you to see me like that. Because even though I would be going through TSA and I don't even know the person. But my dumb ass would be thinking about this two years from now, like, dang, I wonder if Barbara from TSA saw how bad my eye was. I would right. think about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, so it's now going down, but you can still, like, you can, can see, see it. it is still swollen. Um, but compared to what it was, like, it, I walked walk into the bathroom, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, how in the hell Am I going to make it through this day? Does it hurt? Yeah, it's still sore. It's definitely I've still never, sore. I've never had one. But Lucky. I hear it's painful. My my cousin, Taisha's sister, she gets hers like on top. And hers like bee stings. Like, bam. And it just kind of gets big. But I mean, what causes my, them? Do you know? I'm not sure. But mine always appear on the bottom. Let's see. What causes it? <laughs> Googler. Styes are often caused by bacteria infecting an eyelash follicle or an eyelid gland. So just someone told me that I may have touched something and then touched my eye or Mm. something. But yes, I don't think I've had one on the, no, I think I've had one on the top before, but I won't. I haven't had a ton, but the one most of the ones I do have on the bottom, bottom. So I always look like this. But um, yeah. So welcome, as I said before, almost blurs. Welcome. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start, like always. Mm-hmm. Blurry yes, blurdy news. Because I noticed your favorite. It is. It, y'all, I love, don't get me wrong, I love talking about the shows, but being able to talk about the news and blurdy news is cool to me. Mm-hmm. So, first thing I want to say, I talk about is something that came up during, okay, well first, D23 finally happened. Mm-hmm. It didn't give me the feels like I did with, during Comic-Con, but there were still enough announcements for me to be really excited about it. Namely, The Little Mermaid, but we'll get there. We will get there. Okay, I want to talk about this Marvel stuff, but Little Mermaid deserves a moment. Yes, okay. It deserves a moment. Okay. So first thing, I um, this was apparently said at D23. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading the whole post. Okay. According to Kevin Feige, the Avengers have officially disassembled. The Avengers have officially disassembled. While Avengers Endgame may plain the fates of most of the individual Avengers following the battle with Thanos, the status of the Avengers organization has been more nebulous. Speaking at the D23 Expo on Saturday, during the Marvel portion of the Lucasfilm Marvel Studios 20th Century Showcase, Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige let it be known that the Avengers are no more, thus leaving a vacuum that Marvel's newest team, the Thunderbolts, can fill. Just because there isn't an organization like the Avengers anymore, no. No, something about that don't sound right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we may not have the Avengers anymore, but we do have the Thunderbolts. We don't care about them. I'm joking. We do. <laughs> right. Fahey said, confirming that the Avengers are no longer going, no longer a ongoing concern in the MCU. As for the former Avengers, founding members Iron Man and Black Widow both died to defeat Thanos. Captain America aged and retired. Thor left Earth is now a father. And Hawkeye seems to leave the superhero life behind to spend time with his family. And the Hulk remains active, but is currently off the world. But I thought it was interesting for them to him to say, okay, can I go back to a complaint that I have had about this phase in Kevin Feige? Okay, go ahead. I should not be learning this stuff from him talking in interviews. This stuff should have been portrayed or specifically, well, explicitly said in something. Why am I finding out during D23 that the Avengers have disassembled? Honestly, if I'm being honest, had people not been saying that they just weren't sure where it was going, and I think to keep people intrigued, uh, even just wet their mouths just a little bit so that they'll continue to watch and do whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have said anything. Honestly, I think he would have just let it build up in the stories that we're getting that are coming that we currently have and that are coming. Um, but are we even confident that the stories that are coming would have actually said the Avengers are done? No, I think, but I do think some of these other movies, like mm-hmm. what's the big one coming out? What's Which the one? next one? Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther's next. Black Panther might probably say something about it. Especially, especially, especially if um if they have a funeral scene. Mm-hmm. I could see them being there. Or the ones who are still alive or who are on world. You know what I'm saying? I so say, maybe, is it gonna be so bad that nobody from the Avengers go show up to this funeral? <laughs> if 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 mm-hmm. I keep hearing there's a funeral scene, right? And I'm not really sure what this, if it's like, if it's strictly for Wakandans, right? I just, mm-hmm. I just refuse to believe that Bucky wouldn't be there or like, um, they were oh, there. You, you gotta go there because uh, Todd is in there. You gotta Shut go up. see his kid. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Black Panther might have been an opportunity for all the remaining ones to get together and kind of like, you know, do they thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's I not going to be introduced in this, if there's a funeral scene, I keep hearing that there is. I, we're not, we're not sure, but I can see them maybe saying something about it offhandedly in Armor Wars or Secret Invasion, or because I feel like Secret Invasion of all the shows that have come out as of late, Secret Invasion feels the most like a movie, right? Mm-hmm. But, but is it, do, do you feel like that's too far out for them to be saying that? Because we don't get those until like, is it, it 2024? Year? Is it next year? I, I know they're, like not, in, they're not a part of phase four. They're not, a, those are not a part of phase four because well, the yeah, last film of phase four is Ant-Man. No, no, Black Panther. Black Panther. It's gotta be, it's gotta be coming up. I've just refused to believe that they're giving us a trailer two years in advance. I mean, they gave us a hint that um, Blade was coming and Three but years ago. Was, so. I feel like that was different. They didn't show us footage of Blade. <laughs> Mahershala Ali is okay. just being pimped out for all his appearances. But I kind of feel like Secret Invasion is like really the only thing. It, it feels really movie-esque to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I supposed like, to be coming spring of 2023. So. Yeah, so I feel like if that, especially with Nick Fury being the OG 
this is my group type of situation. I can see them being like him being like the Avengers are no more. There's this, there's that, blah, blah, blah. But but Secret Invasion is supposed to take place during the blip. So wouldn't oh, that be a little premature? Never mind. Never mind. I don't know. I, I, don't I mean, know. it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to just take place during the blip. I think maybe a lot of it could be during the blip and then, mm-hmm. you know, somehow it's tying to what's going on in the present. But yeah, you're right. Looking at the trailer for it. It definitely feels more cinematic than any yeah. And like, I think that's why so many people are really, really excited about this because it doesn't feel like a little one-off thing. It looks mm-hmm. like this is probably going to be one of the, the first since Loki that felt like it was going to be very integral to the overall story that oh, they were trying yeah. to tell. Because it, it, because I feel like this is an opportunity, or it will be an opportunity for us to see people who were scrolls in plain sight. Mm-hmm. So. To me, I'm like, uh, I feel like maybe it's going to be a little bit bigger because we're probably going to get scenes from movies that we've seen. So, you know, and like mm-hmm. people that we thought were who they were, were actually scrolls. So um, did, was, did we get word a while ago that Amelia Clark's character was supposed to be like a villain in this? Didn't you say she started out as like a villain? and But then because uh, I in this trailer, I didn't get villain vibes from mm-mm. her. So that's why it came to mind. So yeah, I think the character she's playing started out as one. But yeah, I was when I was watching, I was like, it's not very explicit who the oh, never mind. It says, um Kingsley Ben Adir. Yeah, he looks is, like the um He's the villain. Yeah. I was hoping he wasn't because he's so damn cute, but Let me look him up again. Kingsley. He was in that movie Miami Nights? I ain't watched that one. Oh, you mean one night in Miami. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he played M- Malcolm X. Oh, he's gonna be in the Barbie movie. Maybe he'll be the the black Barbie. He probably guy. will be the black Ken. He's yeah, what is black Ken's name? Does Ain't black Ken have a name? He's gonna be playing um, Bob Marley. Okay. See, this fun. is one of those moments where I'm like. You could have got somebody who was Jamaican for that. What if he is Jamaican? <laughs> he is from England. But what if his what if his his lineage? His mama is from Trinidad. Never mind. <laughs> see, I'm just saying. His, and his daddy is a, a white British man. Well, he is definitely taking after those Trinidadian roots because he was like a light skinned black man. Okay. Oh, not a light skinned black man. He do like a light skinned black man. He's giving Drake teas. Okay, and he darker than Drake. But yeah. Okay, so other thing from D23. Mm-hmm. So apparently there was some additional footage presented for Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's gotta be coming soon. I, I we gotta be getting something soon. Well, you well, yeah, it, it's gotta drop they're literally probably waiting until Black Panther to release the trailer. Because if it feels like they're probably going to do that the same way that they did. What was it that had the trailer to Multiverse of Madness literally right at the end of the movie? Oh, um, Spider-Man. Yes, I feel like they might do something similar to that. Because I think that there's too entirely too much that is going to be happening in that film that I don't think that they'll want to say anything until Black Panther is done. We might even see that King has kind of finagled his way into some of the messiness that's happening there too 
Ooh, I can't wait like, for Jonathan Maybe Major. he's the reason why there's that big conflict between, you know, Namor and his people yes. and Black Panther. So it could be a lot of stuff. But in this trailer, they said that it was, a, well, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a trailer. This was more like an extended scene based off of what I read. Um, essentially, it shows Kang going to Ant-Man and basically making an offer to him. At this point in time, apparently, he has already, like, kidnapped. Um, what's oh. his name? Yeah, this, well, Cassie and um, Scott Lang. So both of them okay. have been taken by him. And he's essentially basically doing, like, a blackmail. Like, you do this for me, and I won't kill you both kind of thing. But he says, I'm just a man who's lost a lot of time like you. But we can help each other with that. Someone stole something from me, and you're the only one who can steal it back. Do we have a deal? And, you know, Scott turns down the deal, saying, I don't think we do. And then he throws Scott against the wall and says, the answer's easy, Ant-Man. Now, what do we think was stolen? Ah! was thinking right mm-hmm. that they stole what's hope mama janet mm. is that her name um no who, who which one is hope is that the the problematic one yes hope van dyne and her mm-hmm. mama is janet if i'm not mistaken hank let me let me make sure but then i'm not saying nothing wrong Okay, so Hope's mom is yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Okay, so what if, I could be mm-hmm. wrong, y'all know how I'm wrong, <laughs> but what if Janet has established herself as like a a big deal down the, in the quantum realm, right? Like what if she's mm-hmm. a big deal? What if she was integral to Kane? And when they took her out, Mm-hmm. She was technically, I guess maybe Cain laid claim to her, and he wants her back. Um, if he was able to come out and get Scott and Cassie, what's keeping him from doing the same thing for her? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. What if but it's or, something that was in Loki? Maybe, maybe it, was it was the technology to be able to jump from these universes. Well, that wouldn't be it because he's already said, have I killed you before? So he's already been making his way. Mm-hmm. Through these universes, so and taking maybe Janet had something that mm-hmm. belonged to him. Maybe that was what allowed her to get closer to contact. Because mm-hmm. remember, he was in—I think was Ant Man too. She was coming to him in his dreams. Mm-hmm. Maybe she stole something from Kane that allowed him allowed her to do that to get in contact with him to get out, and maybe yeah, he we- that back. And we already know that there was something in there. And I'm going to call it, well, I can't call it the void because we've used that term already for long. Mm-hmm. But that space that they yeah. were in, because we've seen like castles and crap in the very background. So it's, it's strong possibility she was in there chilling. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So I sent you this and I'm going to read this on the podcast because okay. I looked at this just before we came into this. But it says that. Based off of the footage that was shown at D23, 
they've confirmed that Kang has already killed multiple versions of the Avengers in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And now he's on Earth 616. Damn. He is about to come up and shake some shit loose. Do you hear me? But this, okay, so okay. now my question is this. Is he working with all the other Kangs and he's speaking for them all when he says, you know, well, have I killed you before? Or are we just thinking that this one Kang has done that? Because I mean, the Kang Dynasty and the stuff that we've learned in Loki both imply that there's a lot of them out there or a couple of them out there. So but, should we be thinking that his his verbiage is saying it specifically for him? Or Now, remember in Loki, when he mm-hmm. was kind of given a little bit of a um, a cliff note version of what was going on with all his other variants, right? Mm-hmm. He said they turned on each other. Mm-hmm. So... But it's like, see, in my mind, there's there's something about that story that has never sat well with me. Why? So all these other kings turned on each other. But you had to have turned on them, too, for you to essentially be the only controlling king at this point. Right. You had to kill him. He had to kill them all. Right. But then what? where is this other king coming from then? He couldn't have killed them all. Because we saw that the minute that Loki was thrown into wherever he's at, this is a place completely ruled by a king. <laughs> True. So I, I don't know. There's a lot that we need to learn. And, you know, we know we have tons of stuff coming up that's probably going to help us with that. We know Ant-Man is going to do that. I'm almost positive that Loki's going to do the same. I'm really interested in how Loki, where we're standing now, where we're standing now. Um, after Loki, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, where, where are we at? Is Loki going to feed into the bigger picture since Loki was responsible for introducing Kane? Right. And then also at what point in time will the events that take place in this void or this area, the, the T, what is it? TVA? Mm-hmm. When are we going to see where that actually, because, you know, TVA is this outside of time. So all this stuff that's happening isn't really fitting in any part of the timeline. When will the things that are happening in Loki veer into the actual time? Like we know that the killing and all this other stuff created, made it so it was possible to create all of these additional timelines. Mm -hmm. But that's the only defining moment there that actually transition directly into what we're watching everything else that i've been reading is saying we're watching all this stuff but the stuff that's happening there it doesn't happen in the timeline at all but but the the tva is outside of time right with all them pruning all the other good stuff but now that he who remains is gone because i hate sylvia has killed him then everything has like converged so he was like at the end mobius was just like he said to, you know, not prune and just kind of let it happen. And the girl was like, yeah. And it was like everything just kind of merged. So like, I'm wondering now, even though they are outside of time, are they able to go to whatever timeline they want to? Since they had the ability before, they had the ability to before to prune. Now it feels like 
Loki could be even not I'm not gonna say important but it feels like it would be easier for Loki to kind of be able to be intermingled in some of these shows and some of these movies since the mm-hmm. timeline is all smushed together yeah I don't mm-mm. I don't know it's gonna be interesting but I'm excited nevertheless okay so some other stuff that we got they had the full cast of Echo on stage oh yeah they had the full the whole cast of Echo was on stage together um, I thought, well, I know I didn't send it to you, but they, there's a post on the Marvel uh, Facebook page. I thought I sent that to you, where you it basically me. has pictures of all these people, every single, uh, well, a lot of the shows and all the cast members on stage together. No, you didn't send it to me. Okay, let me get it before you really you quick. Sent me, you. you sent me, I know you sent me um, those cosplayers. That I'm not gonna say anything negative about. Okay, so here's one for Echo. I'm sending it to your phone. Okay, because I'm and already on it, looking for her Instagram. Yeah, and then they brought on they that they brought on Anthony Ramos so that they can officially announce him for Ironheart, even though we all knew that by that point. They brought on they did the full announcement again of Daredevil and brought out um Charlie Cox so he can speak. And um, I think what you call it, Wilson Fisk. Yep, he's in there too. He's actually a lot slimmer <laughs> than he was the last time we saw him. He probably had to. Um, but they ain't gonna do that. You know that they brought on the full cast of um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. They had them all up there, and then I already sent the you the one cast, for the Marvels. Because I, I don't think Lapita was there. Mm-mm. So it was. The guy who plays Namor um, and hit Angela Bassett, Mbaku, <laughs> Winston Duke, um, Letitia, and Ryan Coogler. And the Queen. Mm-hmm. And then we saw for the Marvels, basically the, the main cast there. They still haven't fully announced who the villain is there, so that person wasn't there, but everyone oh. else was there. So, because I hear that um, Tom Hiddleston's baby mama's about to be, she's going to be in the Marvels. Um, that fine Korean dude that they said they confirmed who he was going to be is supposed to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, see, it well, maybe they were trying to do like a whole women's empowerment type of situation, but I would have loved to see his fine ass up there with the rest of those. I, anyway. I don't think we're going to get a trailer for Miss Marvel until Super Bowl. Mm. What the Marvels until Super Bowl, because that's what they did with Black Panther. You know, they announced Black Panther's trailer at one Super Bowl, and then the next year, that's when the movie came out. I think that they, because so many of these things are so intertwined, I don't think they can do those announcements that far in advance anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so they did have the Echo cast on stage. Um, Captain America, New World, World Order. I think they had everyone else come on stage yeah. there too. Um, which brings me to something. Did I save it? Please tell me I saved it. Did you? I don't think I did. Theo's being mischievous. Uh, I didn't do it. Okay. So there was a post that I could have sworn I screenshot that. Or did I? I didn't send it to you. You probably didn't because you don't like me like that. No, I could have sworn. I, I literally made it a point to remember to talk about it because it kind of irritated me. But ultimately, they were talking about um, a producer for Captain America New World Order Uh spoke. 
And during his speak, uh, speech, he basically said that that uh, New World New World Order was going to be a very different type of film because, you know, we have a new Captain America who is just a man. And he basically kind of reiterated that they are going to put him through the ringer to prove that he's deserving of being Captain America. But why? Uh, it because, wasn't cause, enough. Because in their minds, it's, it's one thing for you to be Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, who has all these enhanced abilities and can do all these things. It's another for you to just be a regular person with a shield and some wings. Now, I agree with you because whether he was Captain America or not, we've seen some of the feats that Falcon has done over the course of his time within the MCU. Yes. Not even just Falcon and Winter Soldier. We saw how he battled pretty well in uh, Winter Soldier, he, how good he was in Civil War. We saw how he was in... Uh, it uh, was it the the, the, the end game flying yeah. in and fighting all these aliens and stuff like to me there shouldn't be anything to prove but for whatever reason the name and the title of Captain America they feel comes along with a certain set of responsibilities that they feel like whoever is going to assume that role has to prove themselves for well, my see- problem here is that he has to prove himself but y'all didn't expect anything from Captain Jen no. And he was a regular person, too. Uh, I just... Uh, this is what I'm going to say. Well, he wasn't to the end. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to say this. Um, y'all didn't expect nothing from that pasty-ass Steve Rogers, okay? Now, mm-hmm. I will say that Steve Rogers was selected because he was inherently a good person, period, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that y'all didn't make... It wasn't written that he went through the ringer to prove that this white man... Um, is capable of fighting and protecting the U.S. of A. I think it's bullshit that you would try to do the same to Sam. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he don't have to, like, go through his paces of trying to, like, prove, I guess, prove. That it's he- not even prove. Just just show what you're able to do. Because prove right. means that you're trying to convince people that you should be doing that. Right. You didn't ask for convincing from Captain Chen. There was no, no asking for, for um, any convincing when it came to Captain, uh, well, Steve Rogers. But they're asking for us to be convinced and you to convince everyone in the world that you are deserving of this. But like you, like I said, and like you said, Captain Chen didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. He was somebody who was in the military who had done well in the military. And they were like, you know what? You're deserving of this. Well, you know what? Sam was in the military too. (laughs) He did great things in the military. He did great great things things after that as a part of the Avengers. What are you expecting or why is he required to prove himself suddenly? And not to mention, not to mention, you're right. He was, did it serve this time? He did great things in the military. He was also a counselor, but let's not forget wasn't he selected because of the type of soldier that he was to even mm-hmm. have the wings? So it's just mm-hmm. like, what are y'all trying to prove here? Like, I don't, that's bullshit to me. I feel like he, is it because he's black that he has to prove? I mean, I don't, I'm always being accused of bringing race into everything. But what a lot of people don't understand that race is built into the foundation of this, <laughs> of this country. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm hoping not. I'm just hoping that we're not going to get a movie filled with trauma of this black man in order mm-hmm. for him to prove that he should be the person to where 
or to um yield the shield. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I completely so, agree. So, I mean, the fact that they got my boy Isaiah Bradley back. Oh, yes. Which oh, gets us even it, closer to getting Patriot. I, they are. They got. If they are not, which I doubt because. Marvel is always 20 steps ahead of what everybody else is thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And if they are not setting up a Young Avengers, I would be shocked because it just seemed like all the breadcrumbs are there. Mm -hmm. We have every member. I think we've met like all the members of the Young Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. Are there any X-Men in the Young Avengers? Because the X-Men have always been separate, right? I guess, but I'm not 100%. I can't say. So, I mean, we already have a um, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop for Reebok has been introduced. Um, we know that Patriot is Isaiah Bradley's grandson. He has been introduced. Not to say that he'll actually take up that role, but you know, you never mm-hmm. know. Um, you got the twins. Got the twins, Wicked and Speed. They've been introduced, and we've seen them a couple times. And actually, if I'm being honest, if Young Avengers is down the road, we got time for those babies to grow up. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we um, got Cassie. Got Cassie Lane. So I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, all the pieces are there. So I'm not really sure. I feel like Young Avengers would be a great TV show. I don't know if I necessarily want to see it as like a movie. Mm-hmm. I would watch it, but it just seems like it feels more TV esque. Yeah, it's, it's just like you have the Batman movies and Superman movies, but Teen Titans was better as a TV show. Yes. So, um, so yeah, but the only thing that I'm really interested in, I'm not, that part kind of turned me off. I'm going to watch it because I love me some Anthony Mackie. Um, but that whole Isaiah, his, his storyline for me from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I felt like they could have explored it a lot more, even though I, I know, honestly, I don't know. Maybe he didn't, they had to do a lot of cuts and putting stuff together and removing things. And I'm wondering if Isaiah had a bigger or more to his story in like the previous version that they had um, and how they had to cut it after COVID kind of chopped some of his off. Um, See, I almost feel like for him, he would have had, a, would have needed a full episode. Oh, he his, his backstory episode. wouldn't have been, if it wasn't going to be a full episode, it would have not given it any justice. Like mm-hmm. so I read that comic, the comic was pretty, it was really good. It was really short, but it's something that required a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you find out that there were multiples of them and all this stuff. Like it's a lot more to it. They were just being experimented on the whole time. So I'm I hope, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they're going to kind of explore some of the things that he talked about. Um, how Hydra was messing with him. I want to know about that. I want to know who knew that he was there. Did Howard Stark know that he was there? Did Peggy Ass know that he was there? Did Hank know that he was there? I want these people who started S.H.I.E.L.D. I want to know, did they know that he was there? I must say, in the comics, they made it seem like the only person who ended up finding out that he was who he was was Captain America. Which I think is crazy that Bucky was by the time it was over, he was like dealing with, he could barely speak. Mm. Like a lot of effects and things that he had to go through from the experimentation and then everything, like by the time it was over, he was barely speaking words. He, he, mumbled or say a word here and there but he was barely functioning he was very happy to be able to have gotten a piece of you know mm-hmm. that part of his life back because ultimately they were cut loose and basically told to stay normal 
don't do anything that brings any attention to you and pretend like none of this happened in your life ever before. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 so that's that. And plus I'm wondering is because I know that Bucky's been introduced. He's going to be in the Thunderbolts. He's decided to do that. I'm wondering if he is going to make an appearance <laughs> in Captain America four only I mean, because, could, because I mean, it's such a huge gap time gap between Thunderbolts and that, that yeah. they don't, yeah. I just I feel like only the reason why I feel like I'm wondering if Bucky's going to be in it because Bucky was the one that introduced us to Isaiah. And like how did Bucky know? Besides the fighting type of situation, they fought against each other, but like I'm like I'm curious like how what how how he you know how did he know? How did he retain that information? Was he told that information like all that type of stuff? Um Okay, so, so. This is what someone says, because, you know, me, I had to Google it real quick. Google her. So this person said, could they ask this that same question? How did Bucky know where Isaiah Riley was when it seems our own government thought he was dead? Mm-hmm. He said, Bucky's the winner social, also known as the most deadly assassin in the world. If the guy could track down Nick Fury, he could find Isaiah. Also, Isaiah had family. His wife is gone, but he must have had some relatives left that eventually Eli might be the last by the time of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Bucky did Bucky during his time off the grid after Winter Soldier may have found out that said family was secretly housing Isaiah, but did nothing, though it added to his guilt. Mm-hmm. Finally, there was the p- very possible notion that Hydra wasn't fooled in the slightest compared to the United States government of Isaiah faking his death. But other than keeping an eye out, they just didn't care anymore. They kept the man in prison for 30 years, broke him down after getting whatever they needed. In fact, they didn't need him once Howard Stark successfully recreated the super soldier serum, which killing Howard and taking it gave them the super soldiers they wanted. Poor Isaiah didn't realize that, but it was also a possibility that he had overcome his fears of being killed the moment he decided to reveal his existence. Hire would have immediately sent people to kill him with the Winter Soldier most likely being the person sent to do the job. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah was one of the many people going to be killed by Project Insight just for Hydra to tie up any loose ends, even mm. when where he isn't going to act. Um, yeah, and there are other people said... No, 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 my theory is Hydra was aware Isaiah was still alive and they were keeping him that way in case they needed more of his blood. However, in, in case he became a problem, they gave Winter Soldier all the information he would need to track him down and execute him. Information Bucky retained after he was deprogrammed. Mm. I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. We're going to see. Somebody, like, I feel like, is that going to be part of the thing too? Protecting him? Keeping his identity? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I will tell you this. Whoever's playing Joaquin Torres, what's his name? What's his name? You said who? The dude that's playing um the new Falcon. Oh, um uh, I've got you know me. Uh Ramirez. Let's see. Who is it? He is being played by, why does my, okay, Danny Ramirez. He is adorable. Was he the little boy from um, Made in Manhattan or was that somebody else? Oh, he was in Maverick. Well, um, 
Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, he was. No, no he's not in Made in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And that black dude who they think would be a good gambit. I sent you that video on TikTok, right? I think so. Of the guy who was, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, his logic for saying that um, Gambit could be, at the very least, like mixed race. I was like, well, they got white Cajuns. But I, I mean, I see what he was saying. And the guys that they were saying, <laughs> that dude from Maverick, I'm like, I can see it. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Going through to try to try to tie up all the D twenty three stuff. Okay, like you said, Thunderbolts was announced, and they confirmed the following as being a member of the team. It's so far out. Like I don't. Why? So we have, <laughs> because we were antsy. So Y'all we were antsy. I didn't we, care. Oh, you cared. I mean, I, I cared, cared, but not enough. <laughs> no, not more than y'all. Because I was, I was content. To just go with whatever Marvel was gonna give, I was cool with that. Y'all were not, and I'm just. Not but even- you know what? I also don't know that. I think that it's a lot different now than it was back then. Anyway, Mar the MCU have be- has become a monster. Mm-hmm. When it was going through the early stuff, it wasn't a it wasn't a need. We didn't have the type of fan base that was watching these films in the beginning that we do now. Mm-hmm. And we, they gave us twenty films. Like we now are always on the edge of our seats. Even if we're watching mediocre at best stuff, we are there. <laughs> we are there. And that wasn't always the case. I don't even think it really turned into that monster that it became until Black Panther came out. Mm. I think when Black Panther came out and they saw the value of the black dollar and all the people who are willing to come out and then how excited people were and then they just kept coming out with stuff after that, it just never stopped going. But before then, I mean, these things weren't that massive. Like Comic-Con was always big, but I don't think we got the type of announcements then that we get now to make us excited about things. So I think it just changed with the times. Anyway, so these are the seven people that they uh, unveiled. Yelena, who we already knew, Mm -hmm. Bucky, U.S. Agent, Taskmaster, Red Guardian, Ghost, and Val. Now, I have questions. Me too. I knew that they were already talking about Bucky, but I need to know how this conversation between Bucky and the U.S. Agent is going to go based off of the events that took place in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's probably going to be a point of contingency with them. That's a a plot line right there. Then it's going to be even worse because he's essentially playing the Captain America of this group. Right. And he's it's probably going to be an issue because he's not leading the group. And like, also, he already felt some type of way about Captain Chin. Period. Like, he didn't like the guy. And like, honestly, like, I mean, they both super soldiers, but I kind of feel like Bucky has a slight advantage. I mean, he has, well, oh, no, no. Because I think that as far as fighting goes, this version, U.S. agent will probably whoop his ass. You think? It's the fighting portion. This man is skilled. A lot. I feel like Bucky became a lot less of a fighter after he was deprogrammed. But was he skilled? I, mean, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking no, about- Did you see this man? This man was out here working it before he even got the serum. He just got his ass whooped by far superior fighters of the door of Milaje, but somebody else did too. Bucky, but he lost a whole arm. 
she but, let him know, like, if I wanted to take you out, I could, but I'm not because I'm your friend and you my baby daddy. But she had a bit, she had a reason to go out the U.S. agent, and she did. They'll, they'll, those, that's not even a fair comparison because them girls came through like, I don't care what enhancements you have. We gave you this arm. I will take it back. But I also, still have medals that can cut through your whole face. But also, also, to be fair with that fight, Bucky wasn't trying to fight. But we haven't seen Bucky try to fight. But because Bucky didn't really have a reason to fight. This is what I feel like, right? He, he ain't fought ever. Since he came back as being a regular person, Bucky has not shown us any skill. He won't fight. He won't fight. No. He was fighting and got his ass beat but, by Carly ass. You hear this? He got beat by her. And again, compare Bucky fighting on the streets in Winter Soldier where he was still a like an assassin uh-huh. to Bucky fighting at any other time in the MCU. It's oh. like watching someone like like he's in his mind the whole time, like I can't kill anyone. I I think this is what I think. This is what I think. I really feel like that, yes, John, Captain Shin Walker, yes, he was a beast prior to getting the super super serum, super soldier serum, Mm -hmm. right? I can give that. I can. But Mm -hmm. also, also, we just can't count Bucky as if he lost his skills as he wasn't fighting. Tell me a time when he's given us these skills. Like, we saw him. Do we have to keep seeing him that he got him? We saw him with everybody else. Anytime um, um, Scarlett Johansson was on the screen, Sis was giving us fighting. When we saw Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers was giving us fighting. Then Bucky's right beside him, and he is giving us Jubilee. Get out of here. Look, listen, listen. <laughs> We've seen Bucky fight. We know Bucky can fight. We know the super soldier can fight. He was an assassin for years, and they put his ass on ice. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not... Just because we don't see him fight don't mean he lost his skills. And he but he's in fighting scenes and he's not doing a thing. Oh, I, I he, feel... he and Sam Wilson were fighting Spider-Man. And Spider-Man washed both of them. Sam Wilson, I can get that. He was a regular person. You are a whole man with a bionic arm. And the only thing you did was say... Like, Which people loved, by the way. You're look. Oh. We're not gonna sit here. We're not. This, there will be no Bucky slander on my watch. Okay. All I know is if Iron Man was at the end of that movie in Civil War, and it was just him and Bucky, he would have woke Bucky's ass out. He was taking them down by himself until they got his shield. Uh. He was working them out, and he, and Tony Stark is not even a fighter. He just smart and he knew how to throw them beans where he needed to throw them beans. But he also had a suit that was telling him or was analyzing their fight pattern to see what they were going to do next. And Bucky's a super soldier with a metal arm and it did not help him once in that whole fight. I'm I'm going to go out here and say it. Sam can whip Bucky's, Bucky's ass in a fight. Mm-hmm. Because no. Bucky ain't done nothing. I'm going through. Okay. After Civil War, the next time we saw Bucky was, was it Infinity War? 
Yeah, because not because well, we saw him at the end of Black Panther because they gave him a new arm. But then we it was Infinity War because he was already in Wakanda when they came through. That's true, and he did. And I think he was running up the field with a gun. He was. So, you are a soldier. Captain America is running through with this shield and was fighting people without the shield a lot of times. You had a whole weapon. And I hated that shield. Can I just be honest? I hated it. <laughs> hated it. It looked so stupid. Well, kind or not, it looks stupid. My bad. I just had to put that I'm out there. I'm just saying. Bucky lost his ability to fight, and I hate it. Because I don't if think we were getting Bucky movie. still fighting the way he was... And Winter Soldier, I wouldn't have an argument at all because Brunk was going off. So this is what I feel like. I feel like Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is giving me Winter Soldier tease as far as just mm-hmm. like the gritty darkness of it. So maybe we're going to get some fighting reminiscent of that time. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to watch regardless and I'm going to be rooting mm-hmm. for my book. Oh yeah, I'm going to definitely be there. Um, I'll definitely be there. But I ain't gonna be rooting for Becky. I'm, 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 curious. I'm rooting for Yelena all day, every day. All day, every day. Number one, Yelena staying over here. I'm curious. Like, what? Well, I, I, I want to know his rationale for how he picked these people. Tax- yeah, going back and getting Ghost. Ghost. Now look, I kind of liked her. I loved her. I did. I loved her as a villain. Well, she, to me, she wasn't even a real villain. She wasn't. She, she was just kind of misunderstood and lost. And all she needs is somebody to pat, pat her on the back and say, it's okay, sweetie. Okay. I don't even think it was that. What I think it was is that she was like in constant pain. Mm-hmm. So she just wanted, to, and I mean, honestly, I don't blame her. So she just kind of wanted to alleviate that by any means necessary. Um, so I didn't, but it just seemed so random as hell. Like, like where's she been? How they just go they, decide, I'm going to go find her. So, just like, I mean, I can kind of get the Taskmaster thing because we've seen that in a recent movie. But that means how, where has this been at this whole time? Now, see, they they cured her. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, both of them, but I won't talk about her um, ghost in this moment. They cured ghost. She's cured. And Taskmaster, her ass is cured um, via Natasha, the red stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got a question about Ghost. Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne's character jetted off into the night. Have we seen him since then? Mm, I don't think so. I don't mm. know. I do like that this cast has three women. I do too. Well, four women if you count Valentina. But people but that are actually going to be fighting. Three women. And they're all gonna be, they're all badass fighters, which I'm here for. And I hope that they use this as an opportunity to really allow Taskmaster to shine. I hope because so. They sure. they really underutilized her for what she could do in that movie. I was expecting Taskmaster to give us all of the things, and she gave us two, two things. Uh, I can't even name them, but it was such a small number of things that I was given, no, and I was very disappointed by it. I didn't hate her when she was fighting Natasha, like in the beginning. Well, yeah, but we knew it was a her. I didn't. Um, I think that's the sad part. We got really excited because we were like, oh, this whole fight on the bridge with Natasha is dope. Yes, and we were let down. I, they really, <laughs> they. Uh, but you know what? I don't. It wasn't Taskmaster's story. Honestly, Mm-mm. the focus was on Yelena and Natasha, mostly Yelena because she was coming up next. And mm-hmm. I don't know. 
to this day, I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> I think it was because by that time, I mean, Scarlett was already, I mean, um, Natasha was already dead anyway. We were just getting a story for stuff that happened mm. when she was out here with before her roots started to grow out. So I think, I think people were saying there was a video, a TikTok with guys talking about how the woke stuff, if you go woke, you go broke. And he was basically, and I got a, I'm a, I got a point to that. I'll bring back when we talk about Little Mermaid, but mm-hmm. we're basically saying how um, all, some of the movies, the, a lot of the newer movies that were like, people claim are woke way, made way more money than like the OG um, like Iron Man Thor movies and stuff. And um, they were basically saying, I feel like Black Widow probably could have made a lot more money had it not been for COVID. Yeah. And um, but and it, and it wasn't a bad film, but like you said, if if it was intentional, you think it was, I'm I'm leaning towards that too. Um they were setting up Yelena, and damn it, if she didn't show up and show out. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm hoping we get Kate Bishop for Reebok making an appearance because I love them together. I'm so ready for them to come back. I do. Um, okay. Let me, I gotta, we, we are at 53 minutes. Okay. I'm gonna throw out these really quick. Werewolf by Night was officially announced. Sad news. Apparently Blade may not be making an appearance. Everyone is confused by that. I, because the way they filmed it, Cause weren't you the one that told me that he was it was taking place like in the thirties or something? The Blade film. Yeah, it's supposed to be old, but you know, there's claiming that he didn't make it in this film because he had a scheduling conflict. He was filming something else, and that's why he really won't be in it. Mm. But yeah, that was that was I was like, oh, so this kind of looks like it's taking place in the thirties, where how they filmed it with the black and white. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the perfect time if it's true about when mm-hmm. Blade is taking place, which I think is a mistake, but. That's yeah. neither here nor there. If it's a good film, it's a good film. But I really feel like we should get Blade in current times, up to date, technology, tools, gadgets, all that good stuff with flashbacks to the 30s. But yeah, I agree. Neither here nor there. But I think that would if that if the movie if what I'm thinking, the werewolf by night is actually taking place in the 30s. I thought it would have been the perfect opportunity for Blade to make an appearance, um, especially with all that supernatural stuff that they got going on. But if my Herschel ain't gonna be in it, I mean I'll watch it, but you know, mm-hmm. that's bad. Well, I'm gonna use this to transition into Little Mermaid. <laughs> While at D23, Halle Baby was asked if she would like to join the MCU, and she says she would. And they asked her who she would want to play. And as a little black girl who's looking at black comics, she said that if she was going to be anyone, it would be Storm. Of course. Fanboys are mad because she said that, but I don't see that as her saying, that's who I'm going to play or anything like It's just, she's a fan. She's a little black girl who saw herself in a character on comics and in movies. It, I would be, I would have been shocked if she would have said anyone else, especially for us all to know that Storm is easily one of the most powerful mutants in it. And the most popular, I would say. Right. But using that as my segue... (laughs) The Little Mermaid trailer was officially released, mm-hmm. and someone snuck and filmed during D23 and showed us the entire part of your world before. I didn't it. see the entire part. I saw probably the last minute or so. 
Um, and I bet you that person that did that is probably under Walt Disney World right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kevin is like, prison. oh, you did what? You did what? You oh, did they're what? in prison. Mm. So, what I want to start with is some audio for you. Okay. Because I thought it was really good. Um, let me find it really quickly. It's a, something from um, the guy who's directing the movie mm-hmm. and how he's basically been like Team Hallie from the moment he saw her perform at the Grammys. Dang. Not anything else, but at the Grammys. One, but go, I'll get into that. All right, so here it goes. This is His name is Rob Marshall. He's the director of the film, and he was being interviewed um, by Variety about Halle Bailey playing um, the Little Mermaid. So this is what he said. All right. It's not everybody, but I will say that um, Halle was the first person we saw, first person for this role. I had seen her on the Grammys, and I asked if she could come in to see if she could, you know, do this. And I remember at the end of her singing this song, Part of Your World, that we just heard her sing today, um, I was in tears. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's so deep and so emotional and so beautiful. Um, She set that bar very high, and no one ever crossed that bar but her. So she claimed the role for herself. And then, you know... We went through a lot of auditions and a lot and screen tests and to really see what she could bring because she's this is not something she was 18 when she auditioned she's she's not a seasoned actor but when you see her in this film she seems like a seasoned actor she is the range she brings is extraordinary and and uh i am i'm just so happy that people will be able to see her work but we saw everybody so i should play that to say this first, if you are mad mm. that Ariel is being played by Halle Bailey, a black girl, don't go see it. Please. Jen. Just, just free up those seats for all of us, because if you thought that we were bad when Black Panther came out, if you thought we were bad when the Lion King remake came out, because people, we came in droves for that. And it was trash. And it was trash. We will be there for Ar- uh, Ariel, for Halle Bailey's Ariel in Little Mermaid. And then just that slight twang that she added at the end mm-hmm. of Part of Your World. I was like, you, you better give us a little bit of soul with this. So, and the know that they said that she sang it one time for them and she he was in tears. Who up, Melissa? Um, McCarthy McCarthy? did the same thing. She said the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. The girl is talented. One thing you can never take away from these Bailey sisters is that they can sing. They can sing. They have very unique voices. But man, when I tell you they know how to play and weave into these sounds, they know music. They hear it. And and then I watch Hallie on her Instagram all the time, playing on her guitar and singing, playing around with little instruments and singing. These girls are talented. Y'all better get up out my face with this. First of all, I do just want to say that Beyonce, Giselle Knows Carter, is not going to be signing just anybody to her label. So you mm-hmm. know, if these girls are signed to Beyonce, then they got the stuff. They got, mm-hmm. they got it. So I, I don't even, I, I, I don't even want to go there with that. Y'all, let me let me go go back. Um, I have not known peace since that teaser trailer dropped. Okay. 
I haven't, I haven't had any peace. I will, I have watched every thread on Embrace Culture. I've seen all the tweets. I've seen all the reaction videos of these little white and black children having visceral reactions to this girl. I have seen it all. Mm-hmm. And and I, look, I will say that I'm not one of those girls that's really, really crazy on her hair. But I will say that it, it, it threw me off just a little bit because it was like a true ginger. Like I felt like black people who have red hair look just like that. Like that's they they were being a little bit more realistic, and then people were kind of breaking it down. Like, well, yeah, your hair is darker when it's wet, and all this other good mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever. But y'all, people, you people, you racists who are out here saying um, that they're race swapping to for an agenda or to be woke. Look, let me tell y'all something. Like I said in fantasy, um. Mermaids are, okay, I'll say this. In some cultures, people think that mermaids are real, right? Um, A lot of the Caribbean cultures believe that mermaids are real. And, okay, for this, for my argument here, scientifically, mermaids have not been proven to exist or to exist. Let's, Um, Let's talk about that part. And so they are not real. Um, so technically, it, because they're not real, they could be any color, any color under the rainbow. They could be. Hell, I think they, they made this one a redhead in the cartoon just because they had already had a blonde Cinderella. They had a brunette Bella from um, Beauty and the Beast. Snow White. Going through just literally changing hair color. I don't think it had anything else other than to let's get just keep going through because I, let's be honest, all of them are just representations of white people. Um, Let's go ahead and make sure there's a visual representation of all white people. And y'all don't care. Y'all have no, y'all don't care about cultural significance, race being integral to her, her character. No. Now, the one thing I can say about Disney is that in the early years, because I am a Disney girl, they did focus on white princesses, right? Mm-hmm. But none of them. Was their race important to the story? At all. At all. And especially Little Mermaid. Her story, in a sense, and I don't know if that was intentional, was universal. hmm Like, who can't relate to being 16 years old and want to do all these things but cannot because, one, your daddy is a psycho, and, two, you just don't have the ability. So it's just like, I mean... And then if you get even deeper with it, what woman can't relate to feeling like they should live in a world where they should be silent. They should not have a voice. Right. <laughs> like that's literally her storyline. They took her voice to make her be. She but she said like um what what did uh, Ursula say in the song that uh something about let me look it up. Something about being a bore. Like men don't like women who have mouths. Mm. And that's the that's the that was the story of lives for a lot of women. <laughs> Back then and still now. True. I mean, hell, if you someone following the Kevin Samuels group, they swear that any woman that speaks at all is ain't, ain't worth shit. So and too masculine, but that's not right. even that's neither here nor there. But I, I'll say this because I know that we have to move on, and I could literally I could talk about I could talk about Halle Bailey and the Little Mermaid all damn night. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll say this: y'all don't care about 
none of that. Y'all just bothered that they have switched it to a black girl. And for those of you that are saying her voice is not all that, she is not pretty, y'all are on drugs. And I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to say it. The original Ariel's voice wasn't like amazing. It was a Disney voice. That was the voice you expected from that type of thing. You weren't getting any like mind blowing thing. But what you are going to get from Hallie, however, is that mind blowing thing. I, <laughs> because she I'm... knows how to emote. She is a singer before she's anything else. Well, I... actually, I'll say she was an actress because, you know, she was acting when she was a kid, but still. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I was like, if, are y'all dead on the inside? Like, honestly, every time I have heard that song, I have had some type of reaction. May it be tearing up or getting goosebumps or chills whenever I hear mm -hmm. her sing this. It's like, y'all, for that part alone, The Little Mermaid, let me say something. Disney has not had a great track record with doing these live action stories, reimagined mm -hmm. and doing live action. They have not been the best. Um, I haven't seen Cinderella. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even want to see that one. Beauty and the Beast wasn't bad. Beauty and the Beast wasn't bad. Um, Maleficent, the first one, wasn't bad. Um, yeah, but the she's second not one princess. was garbage. But that, that's the thing. Those are the good ones. The reimagined ones for villains are the good ones. They're better. Cruella was good. Mm -hmm. Maleficent was good, the first one. And then there's a plans that there may be a live action one for Ursula because apparently her story is that she's actually tri um, Trident's... Well, what's it, what was his name? Right. Yeah, his sister. And there's a lot of story that can be told, just like, you know, Mufasa, that movie is coming out. And I bet you that's going to finally explain to us the relationship between him and Scar, how Scar got that Scar and mm -hmm. how that became his name, because his name was not always Scar. Right. <laughs> I, um, I just think it's interesting that um, that you say that. Right. And um, mm -hmm. I was. Singing, I was. I have been singing that song, of course, because of Hallie. It's been in my head, and I've been singing it randomly. And of course, my baby, who hears everything, was just like, "Well, what are you singing?" So I told him what I was singing and what movie it was from. I was like, "Do you want to watch it?" And he was like, "Yeah." Um, it wasn't his cup of tea. He ended up cutting it off. And I asked him if he was if it was boring. He said a little bit. I said, "Okay." But when I was watching it, when they introduced Ursula, and she talks about. Um, what I suggest doing, you guys, I don't know if you want to do this, if you haven't done it. If you've watched any of these Disney movies as like kids and you love them, come back and watch it as an adult and it kind of gives you like a new perspective. And like she's talking in the very beginning, she's talking about how she used to be in the palace. When I was uh -huh. in the palace, why, why, why? And I'm just like, well, what was going on? Why, why were you so that's to me, I would love to know that story and probably. Mm -hmm. What she looked like prior to what she looked like right now with Ursula is like who she was when she turned into that girl. Mm -hmm. she yeah, I, I feel like the only is. reason that her skin is the color that she is is that she's not been allowed to leave where she is. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you start being in these dark spaces, your body has to adjust to its surroundings in order for you to truly be able to survive. Mm -hmm. I think that's why she started to change colors and stuff like that. But um, but she she eating fast food down there. She can't be eating healthy nowhere else. You know, she started getting them hips and everything. Like, you better get into the Ursula body. Shut up! But you're right. Okay, you're right. Um, but one thing I do know is everybody's saying how she 
um, Melissa was just like that when Holly sings, she said she bursted into tears and she was just like, she's so grounded and rooted and she sings like from her gut. And I'm just like, y'all just going to have to put me in a straitjacket when I go to the theater because I am ready. Mm -hmm. I am ready. They said that they've they've, uh, recorded four new songs for the movie as well. So we'll get all of the original songs and then they're going to tack on. Four others. I'm 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 ready to hear those. Me too. And they're more, instant classics already. They I are instant heard classics, them. and her versions are already instant classics for me. I can't wait for the soundtrack to come out because it's going to be played. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I do want to say, and I saw this on TikTok, which I thought was interesting around this discourse with this whole aerial thing. It is no longer profitable for businesses to be racist. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not. And you can blame that on capitalism, which people love so much. It is not profitable to not have more diverse programming in in your um on the scene. It's just not. And like honestly, the only reason I don't think that that dude Rob Marshall set out to hire Halle Bailey. I don't think that was his goal to to hire a black person to be Ariel and the Little Mermaid, but. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he sis set the bar. You can't you can't deny talent. Like you, you said, can't. he heard her sing and was like, you know, there are a lot of people who will be watching something or they'll hear something and they can automatically see the person that they want to be in that role because of what they did. Mm-hmm. Like and they'll some of them will build the character around that one person just hoping that that's who's who's going to end up taking the role. I think he heard he they already knew that there was going to be a little mermaid movie coming up. Mm-hmm. And he heard her voice and he heard something in her voice that he knew would translate over. So all he knew in his mind is this is a voice that I want to have. I don't know if she has the acting chops for it yet. But I heard this and there's no way I'm going to hear this and pretend like this shouldn't be an option for this film. Right. Which, honestly, that's all people of color have ever wanted. To be eligible to be an option. Mm -hmm. For a long time, we weren't even considered an option for these things. Like, it just... so. Like I said, anyone who's upset about this, they can kiss my entire ass because I have been a fan of Chloe and Halle since YouTube videos when they were sitting outside singing Beyonce songs. What you're not going to do is play in my face about these girls' talents. You're not going to do that. Especially not her because I always said that Chloe's voice is, if we were going to draw comparisons, I'm not saying she's going to ever be a Beyonce. I don't think that'll ever happen because Beyonce is Beyonce. Yeah. But I heard her voice and I said, this is going to be someone who does solo stuff. I can see her doing all these things. I heard Hallie's voice and I said, she has the perfect voice for like TV or Broadway or performance. Her voice is so Mm -hmm. pure, so clear. She enunciates so well and she projects when she, I mean, there's something very, very, very special about her voice. And I recognized it the minute I heard it because, you know, when they first came out, she had a voice. Her voice sounded very, I would say vintage. I'm going to use the word vintage. Mm -hmm. It didn't sound like something you would hear today. Like their sound as a group uh, sounded like something you would just, it felt almost jazzy. Like it was something very different about their sound. As they've gotten older, they started to play with new sounds and play with Mm -hmm. new ways that they can um, sing. But. 
Hallie has always had that voice that I felt like if someone wanted someone to sing something for a movie, this is the voice that you would want to have. Like, you know, like, you know, had Jonathan Taylor Thomas played the voice of Simba, but they didn't, he couldn't sing. So they got Jason Weaver. Right. I heard Hallie's voice and was like, somebody ain't going to be able to sing. And they were like, sis, your voice is perfect for this. We need you in here. Or her on stage singing. Like, I can't wait for the color purple because she's going to be in the color purple. Uh, let me tell you something. The Color Purple, Theo, you got to get down, buddy. The Color Purple is one of my favorite films. I mean, of, mm-hmm. like, of all time. Love The Color Purple. I mean, it's my favorite. Um, I have yet to see the Broadway play because... I've seen it. It's so good. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's really, really good. Oh, so However, good. however, Fantasia... Mm-hmm. But hell, Fantasia and Cynthia Erivo, mm-hmm. their version of I'm Here... Chef's kiss. It bring it makes you emotional every single time. Every, every single time. Let me tell you something. I her Fantasia's version had me in a chokehold. Like my okay. sophomore junior year of college. I, I'm talking about I would be in the middle of the day in between classes in the bathroom, like weeping. Just be walking around the campus and be like, I got my sister. <sighs> Her now, she may not be here. Oh my God! Y'all. She's still mine, and I know. Oh, and then Cynthia Revo, because they're different, they're vastly different versions, mm-hmm. but they both impact you in very unique ways, and they're both positive. Because to me, Fantasia's there's something very like. I mean, I feel like Fantasia was feeling it, like this <laughs> was her. Like, I'm not even gonna say that Cynthia Revo hasn't been through some stuff. But Fantasia, when she sings it, like I feel her, like I feel like she's been through some things. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she because I think by the time she did the color purple, no, that was just before she hit her lowest point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fantasia. I mean, you know, she was a high school dropout. She had a kid early. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only imagine the type of scrutiny she got with her family being so heavy in the church, having a kid that going on American Idol people talking about her look the entire time she was up there. Yes. She said that she said that playing CD was hard, but it was also familiar because, you know, you had to be in a role where people were telling you you weren't good enough and you didn't look good enough. You were ugly day in and day out. I'm like, I'm like you said, I'm not saying that Cynthia Rivo didn't have those things. Cynthia's version is to me, it's about power because she sings. Her voice, let me tell y'all something about Cynthia Revo, okay? Her voice is just so, like, you like, Cynthia's voice, you know how some people's voices just kind of wrap you up in like a hug? Mm-hmm. Like, her voice don't really do that to me, but her voice just kind of <laughs> like props me up and like, her voice is the, the Iyanla Van Zant of the it's, it's, it's the type that said, hold on, come here, sugar. Put your head on my bosom. She, every time I, I heard her, this is when I heard it and I was crying. I like Stephen Colbert. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of times because he's in New York and because he likes <laughs> theater, he'll have people come from the theater and perform. That's how I found about Adrian Warren, the girl who um, played Tina Turner, mm-hmm. who's going to be in The Woman King. Um, but she sang, Cynthia sang Aretha Franklin. And Stephen was just like, can you, you know, sing a little something? And she does. 
And he is just like, like, he is like hanging on her. Every, I'm going to have to send it to you. He's like hanging on her every word. And it's just like, it's beautiful. I've seen her do tributes to Aretha. I've seen her do tributes to um, Earth, Wind & Fire. Her song on Pinocchio, When You Wish Upon a Star, her version needs to be what they play in the parks. Okay? The, the white woman or whoever was singing it before, uh-uh. Cynthia needs to be replacing it. Okay? Because she is just amazing. But mm -hmm. Hallie is going to kill it in the color purple as Nettie. She's going to kill it. And I hope they have given her a whole bunch of songs that she has to sing. But, I mean, I just love her. And what she's doing. And also, what she's doing for these black children, these black girls, I cry every single time. Because me, at my ripe age of 36, I was in love with The Little Mermaid. Ariel is the reason why I feel like I could be a mermaid. Okay? Her story, like, I loved her story so much. And I remember walking around the house with wearing T-shirts and wearing towels so that I would have long hair and, and practicing on the couch. <laughs> the scene where, you know, the water and stuff be hitting the rock where she hits that big powerful note or whatever in the movie. Mm -hmm. You, you seen like, that people have taken that and put Beyonce over it? Dying, okay? When I tell you I haven't, <laughs> I haven't known peace, I have not known peace, but... To hear Hallie singing that song mm -hmm. in one of my favorite films, being black and looking the way that she does with those locks, it just does something to me. And I cry mm -hmm. every single time because little Kayla would have loved to have seen that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love seeing these reaction videos, the reaction videos of the kids. And you can tell, that's the one with the little white girl saying, is that Whitney Houston? Yes. That was the most girl. staged thing I've ever seen because first of all, that girl is all a four. She did, she was she, Whitney won't hear no more when that baby was born. And I'm not saying that these people are not exposing their kids to that, but y'all ain't exposing y'all kids. To that. Yes, they have. The others where they're watching and you just see them light up the minute they see her face. Mm-hmm. They're like, Mommy, she's black. Like that to me, that hits me in my gut. Right in my because gut. Because it should not be shocking to kids to finally be able to see someone that looks like them. And that should well, not be still such be. a big thing. It, but it is. But what's crazy though, and what I've learned, um, especially when Black Panther came out, that these babies don't care about what color you are. They could mm -mm. care less about what color you are. What matters to them is how they feel when they watch you on whatever medium they watching you on. They don't mm -hmm. care about that you're black. It means more, Black Panther meant probably more to me and more to Caleb, more than he realizes. Cause he's not really at that age where he kind of, he's noticing certain things. But the fact that when I was Caleb's age, we didn't have black superheroes like that. <laughs> and the fact that he gets to see T'Challa, loves T'Challa, wanted to be T'Challa for Black Panther, wanted his hair cut like T'Challa, or mm -hmm. technically Chadwick, like he wanted those things and it was possible because he could see it. Mm -hmm. He could see it. And like these, 
the way that Ariel's about to come through up here and shake up these little girls' lives and just, they can see themselves. It's just, it's so important. And these white kids don't care. Every single white child that I've seen has been mesmerized by her. Yeah, my thing that any of the kids that do care that, oh my gosh, she doesn't look like, it's because they have a parent that planted that. Because like you said, most kids... Black kids have been watching them, seeing people that don't look like them all their lives. Eventually, you just get used to it as a black person. Mm-hmm. That's why they, they didn't care that Elsa was white. They just loved Elsa, and they loved that annoying Let It Go song. Let me tell you something but, about Elsa. But the, the white kids, they they see themselves all the time. All and, the but they time. also don't But we know that racism is something that is taught. Oh, yeah. People don't naturally go, well, I'm going to hate this person because they're dark-skinned. They're taught that. So for someone to go in and be a kid, let's say a kid becomes upset because they see a character that doesn't look like them, that's because they've observed someone around them have a similar reaction to someone of another race because there's no other explanation for that. No other explanation for that. I've never seen a black kid get mad because the character was white. None. They don't care. No. They just get excited when they see one that actually looks like them. Yes. But they, they never once ever discredits any other things they've watched because they're going to always love those people because, like you said, they love how it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. They love how the things look. They love how all of what they're watching is impacting them. People just need to realize that sometimes when you finally get to see someone that looks like you, it impacts you in a completely, completely different, different way. And also, and to speak to some of these racist folks, and y'all, y'all racist, if y'all got an issue with her race, you know mm-hmm. good and damn well that her race is not important to the story. And y'all are purposely being obtuse when you say dumb shit like switching out the characters and roots for white people, which we would enjoy that, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since during that time, y'all were so trash to black folks. But like, what I don't understand is that all of these girls and these women who are talking about how Ariel made them feel and now they're not going to have that whatever, 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 it's bullshit because they're not getting rid of the original um, Little Mermaid. The story's not changing. At all. But what I don't understand is why is it that y'all can't have or allow these black children to have the same experience and the same feeling that you had as a little kid watching that on TV? Yeah. And I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. But you know what? Sometimes I sit back and I'm like, you know what? There's a group of people out there that just cannot accept the fact that we live in a world where finally people are trying to represent everybody. Like I was talking to somebody not that's long ago. When you look at commercials for a long time, the commercials that had all black people in them only aired on BET. Wow. Like, have you ever noticed that? Like that that you'll see car commercials for like Lexus that only have black people in them, and they only air on BET. If you turn to any other channel, you see everyone else. Mm-hmm. But they are literally marketing directed to us, but only marketing to us if we're watching a specific program. That means if we go anywhere else, we're not going to see anybody that looks like us. Someone somewhere has to understand that there's actually something wrong with that. That's literally you're creating a box that says in this box is where you will keep people of color. Right. And then like, that's why with that, with that right there, it's weird to me that y'all can say that there is a woke agenda 
when for years, if that's the case, if there's a woke agenda, then you have to say there's a white agenda because mm-hmm. for years it's been nothing but white programming, white mm-hmm. um, commercials, um, toys, um, like we literally were erased from everything. Yes. Even like even to the I remember not too long. Our history's been erased. Yes, and I'm just like y'all really like y'all are so used to seeing y'all selves that it's offensive when you see somebody who don't look like you. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a that is that is a line that is something that it's a shame. It's an absolute shame because their representation has not changed. Oh. White people still are overrepresented in everything, everything. So when they see themselves not in it, they freak out. I, I don't understand. Y'all, I don't get it either. I don't, I don't, I don't get it either because that's the life of so many people. I I know my mom probably hardly ever saw anyone on TV that looked like her unless she was watching a black program. Because, <laughs> you know, prior to, outside of that, we got one person. Generally, they just threw one black person and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was all you would get. It's, it's, just, it's crazy. But anyway, we are excited for The Little Mermaid. I, I cannot wait. wait for it to come out. It is not coming fast enough, but I see myself probably seeing that multiple times. And Even if yeah. it's bad. They can Hallie. take every coin I got. I'm rooting for Hallie. But it looks, if we visually, we didn't really talk about it, but because, I mean, Hallie is beautiful. Visually, mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. Her tail. Yeah, and they recreated a lot of scenes. Yes. And little flounder. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not really feeling flounder's color. See, that's what I'm nervous about. These animals. Like, how are they going to look when they're talking? How realistic are they making them look? Are they going to look realistic to the point where it bothers you, like in The Lion King? Or is it going to be like, oh, this is just an animated character that looks real, but he's going to be talking or something? Like, that's what I don't know. That's what I'm scared about. I don't know how that's going to be represented. But outside of that, I have no other things that are going to keep me from... There's nothing out here that's going to keep me from seeing this movie. Nothing. Nothing. I'm watching it. I'm not taking Caleb, though, because I will two-piece him... Talking to me, oh, yeah, trying to watch this film. Yeah, and um, just throwing this out there: if I go to a movie and y'all bring y'all kids in there, you better make sure that you tell them kids to shut up, or you give them some melatonin because they will not ruin this moment for me. This movie is not for them. It's kind of like Lion King. That won't for them either. That was for us. It was. You know what's crazy? Don't get me wrong. I don't like going to films where the whole bunch of little kids there. Because little kids get excited and they don't care that they're not at home. They're going to talk to the, the screen like they talk to the TV and the computer and the tablet at home. And they be loud as hell. Manager. They be so damn loud. Like, Can I, I speak to manager? The child in C4 <laughs> needs to be removed. I remember going to see. <laughs> I remember going to see like the first, like not the very first, but the live action like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That mm-hmm. came out in like 2014 because I was pregnant with Caleb. And I remember going and these three little boys were there. They were so cute, but they were so damn loud. And I would be, I'm looking all evil and my husband's just like, they're kids. I'm like, they need to shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm, Ooh, sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch it. 
All right. So that's the end of blurry news. We're going to find our way, hopefully, quickly through our mm. homework. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and start with Punisher since we did not talk about Punisher last week. Yes. So this week we watched, well, we're watching two separate episodes. One of them we were supposed to discuss last week, which was Gunner. And then episode six was the Judas Goat. Mm-hmm. So we'll just combine the events of both of those into one and just, what were your thoughts? Let me tell you something. Billy. <clears throat> Billy has looked. I haven't trusted him since he came on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something about his character. I was like, something ain't right with you. Something ain't right with you. And it feel, it fell off, right? But then when Madani was trying to use him to get information, I'm like, well, maybe. Mm. But something still fell off to me. And it was proven at the end of episode six. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I mm-hmm. think Billy. What was the name of the drug dealer they talked about in Daredevil? Do you remember? Mm-mm. Well, you know, that was at the end. Like towards the end of season two, they were talking about this drug dealer that had something to do with Frank's family being killed. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I can't think. It's something weird, like the gambit or the card, something, something. You talking about the Cerebris or something? No, 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 no. They talk. It was a drug dealer. They they um. This was before. This was in prison. And Frank, before Frank killed him, he got that information about it. Um, because the informant was he got information from the informant that was supposed to be there or was there or something. And basically, the the drug dealer got everybody in the park and just tried to kill everybody. It was like a shootout. And um. This drug dealer had brought all those the rival gang members there to kind of take up, have them take out themselves, and I can't think of the name, but they mention them. Hold on, now I gotta look it up because I'm looking it up too. See, I remember them talking about the blacksmith, but that's the only one I remember. That might be him. That might be him. But because that was a long time ago, it looks like um, this was when Castle beat up that dude and got, (coughs) excuse me, got him to confess. That um they were they were like getting a deal together for the blacksmith. Yes. But um that's the only reference. That oh, okay. So um I'm looking at it and it was like his general, his general or whatever was the guy Ray shooting over. What he looked like. I need to see what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, him, the dude that um was on the stand for Frank to vouch for his character. Mm-hmm. So, right, the blacksmith. They're trying to say that that was him, but for some reason, I feel like it's Billy. Mm-hmm. Because and I, and I don't, and I think his this this these anvil. I think it's a front and. And when Frank, when Frank said that he found that they were moving heroin and stuff, that's how I knew. I knew I was like, Billy is in on that. And when he was in the car with old boy, child, I was like, I was right. I was right. 
and Frank is gonna find out and he's killing everybody. Billy gotta die. I hope he don't make mm-hmm. it to season two. I'm being nosy. Mm, but I still don't like Madonna. Uh she's smart, uh, but uh um she still get on my nerves. But um old boy get on my nerves too. But he was solid in Gunner. He was solid in Gunner. And um I don't think Curtis is gonna last much longer. Billy gonna kill Curtis. That's my prediction. Um, I'm, you know, I I was trying to see if I can quickly see, but I can't see. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like the Punisher and like Titans are like they're around the same amount of runtime. I think Punisher's a little bit more. It's like those episodes just kind of go on forever. Oh my gosh, yes. Now I will say the the episode for Titans this week for some reason that one went by fast for me, and I don't know why. But this episode of Punisher felt long, and I can only imagine how it felt for you because you watched two episodes. I watched them <laughs> back to back, and I was mm. like, "Sis!" But no, um, I finished Gunner. I felt bad for Gunner, um, and then Billy, and I was like, "I knew his ass was crooked." Um, mm-hmm. My thing is, why do you think Frank didn't show up? Mm-hmm. I think Frank might know something. Well, you know, I feel like Frank is always thinking ahead. Like, that man doesn't forget anything. Mm-mm. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, he didn't show up, I think, because he knows something is up. I think he knows something is up, and that's why he didn't show up. But also, the job is not complete. Mm hmm. So he knows that he said that he, the job is not complete. So that's probably that's that's probably the real reason why he didn't show up. But I don't know. Something Frank might know something. He might know something. But I tell you what, though, I need Frank to go in there and two piece. What you call it, son? Uh, when that whole thing happened, first he literally punched his sister. And then had all these words for the mama. Oh, I would. That boy would have been. You know, I'm not gonna say things because y'all not gonna claim that I'm gonna abuse my kids. But let me tell you, he deserved a whooping. Okay, so I'm gonna say this. I'm probably gonna be alone here. But Billy and Frank Castle look like they could be related. You know, I keep looking at them. I'm like, are they related? I mean, no, they don't. I think it's because you know how their facial hair is. They both have dark hair and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so some of the, he literally looks like a young bro, little brother. Yeah. To Frank Castle to me. Um, <laughs> I think Billy is British. Mm-hmm. He's from London. Mm-hmm. And he was the prince in the, uh, the Narnia Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he's in Westworld too. Is he in Westworld? Is he still on Westworld? Um, he was a major role in season one, recurring in season two, and just a guest in season three. Oh, I yeah. think that it started to teeter off because he was also doing the Punisher. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> he um, let me. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I want to go back to um, oh boy, son. I really be trying to do the whole gentle parenting thing with my son. Um, and 
if Caleb Dillon would have said some shit like that to me, <laughs> I just want y'all to know that we would have been fighting. Mm-hmm. Legit punching. You gonna punch a girl, let me punch you. Let's have it out. Son it's, or not. Like he literally laid out that girl, like punched her square in the face. And she was like, oh. I'm like, you can tell she is beige because every black child I know would have went the hell off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but okay, so next episode of The Punisher is going to be called wait where did my stuff go there we go okay so next episode of punisher is going to be called crosshairs mm-hmm. and now titans season three episode six mm-hmm. is called lady vic all right so how did you feel about Barbara being like this skilled fighter and everything? And let me just say, okay, let me just say this. Pop me, Kim. Mm-hmm. I know you <coughs> over a new leaf, but let's not forget you had Robin stealing jewels. Mm-hmm. So let's. I was like, what? Is- what is this? Like, what is this? I was so mm-hmm. annoyed. And she was happy. She seemed so much happier. And light. She, she did. Now she just seems she's bitter. I guess she's different since being Batgirl. But I was like... Oh, well, shout out to her for still fighting well in that wheelchair. Was she, though? I mean, she pulled out them things and was... I, I expected her to be flipped out of that chair. Me too. What you're not going to do is be a person in the wheelchair fighting me and you ain't going to hit that ground. Me too. I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, what is this? First of all, I'm like, you're supposed to be the commissioner, right? You work side by side with Bruce Wayne. You should know him, right? And he's on the run, technically. Because don't they think he was the one that killed Joker? Or they know that he was the one that killed Joker? They, they, I think they know he did. Or right. there's an assumption. Because he had to have broken into prison to get him. Right. So it's just like, he on the run. Why would he come Wait, back? was the Joker arrested? Did I just make that part of it? No, no, you didn't. He was arrested for killing okay. um, Jason Todd. <clears throat> okay. and, um, and he was in Arkham and Batman went in there. But I was like... You dummy. It didn't mm-hmm. even feel real. It didn't even seem real. And Dick is trying to call you and you don't want to answer the phone <coughs> because you mad. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of her. Ugh. Irritated me. But with this episode, um, y'all better give Gar a hug. Oh, when Gar got mad and he started, that tiger started coming out in the middle of the conversation. First what of all, what you're not going to tell him to do is to be quiet. I think it was. It still seemed like it was forming in the face that it was just going to be another tiger. But it was the first time that we've ever seen him just start turning as he was getting mad. He usually just turns. 
he was so mad that it was triggering him. Yeah, it was triggering him. I thought I didn't think it looked like a tiger, and I could be wrong because in the very in the very beginning of the season, he was basically he said basically that he was like, "Why can't he change into anything else?" And he was kind of chanting, "You can do it. You can be anything." Da 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 da. So when I saw his face, it didn't to me. It didn't like a tiger. I was like, "Well, maybe he's trying to transform into something else." Um, and his maybe his anger kind of unlocked that, but I was just like, he has a point though. Mm-hmm. He he has a point, and um, I felt so bad for him. And it's she's really mm-hmm. the mama of the group. I'm sorry, she is. Just like I, I like that they kind of gave us a little background into why Blackfire is the way that she is towards them like the fact that she's the only one in the family that didn't get any powers <laughs> that what she said is she adopted i don't think so i just it's almost like you know well you didn't watch game of thrones but in game of thrones basically anyone who's a targaryen has white hair but they also have this ability to be like fire doesn't harm them mm. so they can just touch fire be in fire and it doesn't burn them but I think Daenerys' brother, I think that was her brother, he sold her off at some point. Yeah. Like, that's how she ended up with uh, Jason Momoa's character. But there's a moment where he basically, they get into it real bad. And he's basically telling her, look, you do what I tell you to do kind of thing. And did he hit her or something? And Drogo kind of jumped on But Ultimately, they ended up... Um, Something happened and you can tell that he got burned. And she was like, oh, you're not a true Targaryen. And she actually pours like the stuff on his head mm. and watches him die. But had he been a Targaryen, like true blood Targaryen like she was, the heat wouldn't have killed him. So like, is it, was his hair white? Mm-hmm. Let me, I got a question. Do they say why Jon Snow's hair wasn't white? He's an illegit- illegitimate kid. Like he... Is like <clears throat> John Snow was a child who was had. He was a bastard child, right? But he was still a Targaryen, right. though, right? It's, it, yeah, he, it's in his blood. But we've never seen a moment where tar- he was invulnerable to fire. We just know he could also ride the dragons, which is something they also claim the only people who can ride the dragons are Targaryens. Because that people were, they were talking about that scene. I saw that on TikTok. I think where they were talking about. The scene where Jon Snow is going, he meets the dragon, and the dragon kind of sniffs him and doesn't try to eat him or anything. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, "Oh, this was foreshadowing to him being a tar or something, or proving that he mm-hmm. was Targaryen or something crazy." And I'm mm-hmm. like, and it just hit me a second ago. I'm like, well, "Why don't he have white hair if he's a Targaryen?" Yeah, I think. Or is it because I think it's just because he was just a side kid. And he just inherited more of one parent than the, than the other. But was, most of the men. When they produced kids, they were, they had white hair. Well, I was going to say, do they have white hair because they were sleeping with their sisters? Oh, no, because that ain't stopping none of these other hoes from having white hair. And they okay, definitely what, it. Like, maybe it's like a recessive trait, you know, because of the incest. But, you know, little, that's just me. But anyways, back to. Just like, I think, um, see, he, he's not a Targaryen, never mind. Anyway. But okay, so what else? Okay, I I think it was kind of cute the whole conversation between um, Blackfire and um, 
What's his name? Uh, I mean, Superboy. Superboy. What's his What's his name? Uh, damn. I have a C in my head. I don't think it's a C. It's Connor. Connor. Yeah, C. It is. Like their conversation in the car was kind of cute. It was. And then the fact that you can tell based off of the conversation that Blackfire had when she got to the house that the women ruled everything. Oh, yeah. There. Because she's like, okay, so this is mine. He must be yours. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> she was like, manservant. I said, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I like, she's annoying. I hate characters that just be like, whoa, it's me. And not accepting um, responsibility for none of their actions. I don't like none of that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we'll see how that goes. I feel like she going to double cross. I know she ends up transforming into Starfire and sleeping with Dick. I, they've I've heard that. I don't know what episode that is, but I've heard that happens. Um, that's probably going to piss me off. And um, But this particular episode... I hate, I just really wish they would just focus on one thing. And I, I don't understand, other than trying to bring Bar on um, Barbara Gordon into this, what that the assassin had to do with any of anything. Well, I think that honestly, the assassin was only being used to, in a way, flaunt to Jason that he isn't as important as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Because she's willing to, she has a, she has more of a vendetta. She has a vendetta too. She can be used just like he is. And I think that was the only reason they brought her there. Like she's someone that is she's not Team Titans. They killed her partner. Mm-hmm. So she has a reason to want to take them out. And I think, this is my guess, and I'll see what your thoughts are here. I think that the reason that Jason is doing all this stuff is because he still resents Dick for what happened when he fell off that building. Because he's still scared, and he keeps taking that that serum because it's the only thing that's making him not scared. And what he's thing? resenting Dick for, even though it wasn't Dick's fault. He's no. resenting Dick because one, I think he's he. Even though there's a part of me that feels like Jason expected Dick to save him, and you know he didn't. You know, because he was trying to, but then everything happened. And, you know, had it not been for Connor, he would have been dead. So I think there's a part of him that always kind of expected that he should have, he would have been able to save him. He should have been able to save him. But mm-hmm. now, you know, ever since that whole thing happened, he's been like unhinged. Like he's been terrified, his nerves, he's been anxious all the time. And I think he's blaming Dick for his instability. And, in his mind, he's he's trying to put he's trying to see if he can put Dick in a position where he's feeling this type of fear and this type of, I guess, loneliness that I'm guessing J- Jason now feels. Because not only did he save him there, did he not save him there, but no one wanted to come with him when he said that he wanted to go fight the Joker. So he ended up going there alone. So he's he's not taking responsibility for his parts and things. That's and it's what bothers easier for him me. to blame everyone else for what's happening. That's what bothers me the most. That's why I think that has been that has been like the whole thing for me. And I was just like, if anything, why aren't you mad at Gar? But no, you wanted to separate from Gar. You went your separate ways. What I don't understand is why he's mad at Dick. When he was the one that went, 
why you mad at Bruce when he told your ass to stay home? I don't understand. Help me understand. Because it's like, like I get everything that you're saying and it makes sense. But I still don't understand where the anger is coming from and what Dick did. That's the thing. In Jason's mind, he didn't do anything. How? He tried. It ain't, that's the thing, too. It's but you got to remember, like, people, it's a lot easier for people to blame someone else for what something they put themselves in than for them to accept their responsibility in what caused things to happen. Because it's not like Dick. It'd be one thing. I might understand it if Dick didn't go. But the fact that you you see him on the other side of the glass trying to get to you. You see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he tried to save you, right? I almost feel like, I feel like Jason ass should have went splat because it's just like, damn. He tried to save your ass and you still mad with him. Mm-hmm. And Dick don't even want to kill him. <laughs> all of this dick still don't want to kill him i'm just like dick i would have just strangled his ass and called it a day because i'm sick of his shit already in that big ass head (laughs) he has some really full lips by the way he does he got a big he got a baby head i feel Mm -hmm. like that's the same size head he has as a kid like when he was like three his head was the same size he just kind of fell over but I'm like, I'm kind of, he's starting to trying to step away from Penguin, from um, Scarecrow. Mm -hmm. And like, I think Scarecrow, Jason thinks he's getting ahead of Scarecrow, but he's not. And I feel like the Scarecrow knows that Jason is trying to branch out and kind of do his own thing. And I don't know how that's going to fare for him. I don't know either. But my guess is that Crane is not stupid. Nah, not. He's been mm -hmm. very calculated with everything he's been doing. There's nothing that he's doing that he that there's nothing that Jason is doing that I feel like Crane would be shocked by. Mm-hmm. So, mm. but anyway, the next episode of Titans is called Fifty One Percent. Okay, I don't know what that means, but that leads us into our final bit of homework. She Hulk attorney at law. I had an epiphany about She Hulk. Mm, you did. I did. Cause I ain't gonna lie. I was watching She-Hope just for the sake of watching Marvel content, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a sh- I don't dislike it, but I'm not, oh my God, I love it, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until somebody said something about this is not a superhero show. This is legit like a law comedy sitcom type of situation. And it's like something clicked in my brain. I was just like, you know what? I think the reason why I hadn't really been enjoying it because I had expectations of it being like a, like a, a superhero type of situation. Like I was expecting a She-Hulk type of situation, like vibes. The vibes were kind of being like the vibes that I was getting from Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. 
like that's like kind of the expectations that I was having, like movie type of vibes from She-Hulk and I wasn't getting it. So I was let down. But it wasn't until I'm like, you know what? They they didn't market it as a superhero TV show. Yes, mm-hmm. a superhero is in it. Yes, this is like her origin story. But like to introduce us to her from people who don't know who she is. But this is really not a superhero TV show. So when I look at it through the lens of like a law comedy sitcom type of situation, that's exactly what it is. And I was able to enjoy this last episode a little bit more kind of going into it with that mindset. My name is Madison with two, <laughs> two ends and well, she said, and an I, but it's not where you think. I was like, girl. I was like, if you don't get up out of my face. But so this episode was called Is This Not Real Magic? Um, I have an idea about okay. something. You think, okay, there are speculations again on the internet bringing in Mephisto. Everybody think it's Madison too. See, I don't even know if it's Madison. I would, If it is, then that'd be cool. But I wonder if she she specifically says that she was transported to another dimension where there was a, a goat and she had to give up six drops of her blood to come yes. back. Yes. That sounds very much like, re- that sounds really dark first. Uh-huh. And I don't know. A lot of people are thinking that maybe wherever she went is where Mephisto actually exists. I don't know why we want so bad for Mephisto to be in there. I don't have to, I don't have to see Mephisto ever. Honestly, if we're being honest, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever. She says she made a deal with the demon. She specifically said, I made a deal with a demon before transported to Wong's home and Kamatars. I love them. But go ahead. She was killing me, spoiling everything. Every time she opened her mouth, she was spoiling the Sopranos. Every she was so time. Upset. I was like, girl. Calm down. I'm ready. Okay, when are we going to get Matt Murdock? It's got to be coming up soon because sh- that mid-season trailer they showed him. I have a feeling it's going to be next episode. I hope so because I'm getting impatient because I've been wanting Murdock Mar- for a while now. Ooh, I wonder. I wonder. No, I won't say because they. She went to law school in California. They went in New York mm-hmm. or Boston area. I felt so bad for her. With that doctor? And then she woke up the next day and he saw her as her regular self and he was like ill and he left. I know. It really hurt my feelings. For me, it puts her in this, it's creating this, 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 I don't want to say monster, but like you're making, they're making her not feel good enough. I know. like she's basically at every turn, she's now being told that Jennifer Walters is not good enough. The only person that is good enough is is She Hulk, which is what she has been trying to avoid, mm-hmm. um, and not really liking that she is a She Hulk. She's been trying to avoid that, and the fact that she seems to be getting validation all that other good stuff as a She-Hulk, I think bothers her. But I think towards the end of it, I think she'll kind of, she'll be okay with it. Um, There's a a thing that happened in this last episode. I need to find it. Um, Hold on. She-Hulk. 
episode forecast. So in the credits, someone was actually labeled as a Hulk. And it was one of the people she was on a date with. Hmm. Remember, there was one guy who asked her specifically if she her skin could be pierced and all this. Stuff. He was asking oh, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of questions. Mm-hmm. His name in the credits, and I'm trying to find it, um, was had Hulk in it. Really? Mm-hmm. Somebody um, brought it to my attention on TikTok. Um, let me go find the cast. I'll tell you exactly who it was. Hopefully they updated IMDB with it. There's David Ortunga. Skeevy guy. I really hope they didn't update the thing, the credits, because then I'd be mad if I couldn't find it. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep looking at that. But what else did you what 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 did you how did you feel about this episode? I liked it. I like Wong. If they're trying to turn Wong into the next Stanley, I'm down with it. That's what it feels like because he um, is everywhere. He is everywhere, and I love the fact that even though he can do all this stuff. I love how they kind of make him just like real regular, like everybody else streaming shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, which I probably should have known that because he was doing karaoke with and Sean Chi. So, but I I don't know. I like that. Um, I did like that part. Um, what else did I like about the episode? Um, I liked. I like when they kind of lean into the more personal stuff with She-Hulk, um, kind of telling her story a little bit more um, outside of her cases, like the stuff with her dating, that doctor mm-hmm. picks me off, but I like that type of stuff. Um, and she seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to give my girl- Can we talk about these magic tricks this man was doing? Man, he was horrible. That's why if you don't get up out my face. He was horrible, okay? (laughs) Horrible. I was like, sir, you are really, really bad. Wong was pissed. I I don't blame him. Right. And then, like, he done opened the thing to a whole nother dimension, got these monsters flying everywhere. That was hilarious. And can we go ahead and say that the final date that She-Hulk had, he was kind of fine. Oh, the, the oncologist, the, the pediatric oncologist. The one that stayed at the house while she went to fight. Yes. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, I see you. She-Hulk pulling them. He David Ortunga. Right. I was just like, hmm. Oh, they're claiming that the the post credit scene for this episode, it wasn't even in the script. I don't think What was the post credit scene? They were talking about um, Sopranos. Oh, yeah, yeah, She was at the house she had on the pullover talking to Wongster or whatever she's been calling him. I'm like, why is she still around? I thought that was weird, too. That's what I'm saying. Why why is she still around? Then they talked about the the black guy who was his assistant. He's like a hundred and something years old. I was 
he be moving pretty good for somebody who's 104. Right. Okay, I'm looking at the credits now because I was not going to let this go until... Okay, do they have it in here? No, where was it at? Somebody showed it was like his name and then it says Slash and it was like Hulk something. Mm. Dang it. That's going to bother me that I can't find it. But anyway... But yeah, it was okay episode. It was it was funny. It was really funny. Um, yeah. I I enjoyed everything. I will say that even though, like you said, that this isn't meant to be the superhero thing. It's like a legal comedy. Mm-hmm. I would really love to see her fight. Okay, and uh, Titania so serving her papers for using the name she hoped because she went and trademarked it, so she can't use it now. I was like Titania, you're annoying as hell, girl. Yeah, I think I see it. So they even had some of that in that mid-season tra- trailer or whatever. Yes, I can't um, wait because uh, what you call it was in there. I I don't. I wonder how they're gonna set him up because they were at a bar, or maybe she goes to New York. Um, you never know. Maybe they're going to set him up to be somewhere. So, oh, maybe he's going to be the lawyer representing someone she's going to court against. Well, then that would mean that he would have to, um, he would have to, I'm thinking that he would have to be barred in a different state. I don't, I'm thinking outside the Uh box. I I ain't even think, you know, I don't want them thinking that hard. Just like, oh, hey, here you go. (laughs) I love Mm. him. I love him. He's so cute. Well, one day you'll get an episode because we still have to see. We haven't seen She-Hulk in the outfit. We haven't seen her fight in Titania again. We There's a lot that we have not seen, and I feel like they are dragging that out. Why, though? <laughs> I do think it was funny that in the mid-season uh, trailer, uh, she's doing her little fourth wall thing. You see Daredevil in the background. She's like, this guy's kind of really doing it for me. Yes. And we know him, that. I want him to be. He a hoe. That's why I'm like, they about to sleep together. Mm-hmm. They, he, he a slang where he need to slang. And then she really, do, she willing to give when she need to give. So, I mean, sounds like a match made in heaven to me. And plus, plus, I think the whole thing, because I think he mentioned something about her being She-Hulk. So, he knows who she is. And plus, he's blind, so he can't see her, really. So, she's leading with her personality. Mm-hmm. And, um. I think that's probably why she's feeling them. But Matt Aho, he ain't got no love for these hoes. None. None. So, uh, we're going to just say that he has been traumatized by Karen and um, Electra, And this is his time to be have a hot boy summer. Shut up. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, so that is it. So like I said, we had homework. We're going to be watching 51% from Titans. We are going to be watching a title that I don't remember right now from Punisher Crosshairs mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, they should be scared. They're not scared enough for me. Who? Them folks in the Punisher. They're not scared enough. Billy should be terrified. But he, right now, I don't think he has. He feels like he has a reason to be scared. He should be. This is why I feel like he should be scared because he's connected to old boy, and Frank is coming for him. 
he just hasn't figured it out yet. But the fact mm-hmm. that Eric's connected, like I don't know, I'm like Billy, you you bold, you bold, you know he's a stone cold, you know he's a killer, you know how he is. See, it's always when you think you're better than somebody or you you two steps ahead. He is not. Frank is gonna kill him. He gotta die. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. We will see what happens. I skipped ahead. I saw some stuff. I know you did. I did. I saw some stuff. Because you don't know how to quit. I don't I don't understand anything I saw, but I saw some stuff. Oh like He's gonna jump ahead. I haven't no, I haven't watched any episodes. I was just I was just scanning the Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. For his name, just to see if anything was gonna come up. But anyway. All right, blurs, nerds, and everybody in between. That is it. We will talk to you guys next week.